0: I'm going to turn this morning to Luke's Gospel in chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. I'll read a few verses from verse eleven. <clears throat> Luke eight and verse eleven. Now the parable is this: the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. These have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and Bring no fruit to perfection, but that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. And then we go down to verse uh, verse 20, uh, verse verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people, For what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, Be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, weep not. She is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again and she arose straightway and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, we ask that thou was minister to us this morning, Lord, that we might be encouraged with the might and the power of God, who is able to overcome all situations, and he is able to turn all things to his own glory, to his own praise, even to the salvation of souls, that he might gather in those living stones into the house not made with hands, Lord, established in the heavens, being built, Lord, that the Spirit of God might dwell in our hearts by faith and, and in power. Lord, we pray that we might go forth uh, even as the Lord uh, to minister. And Lord, we pray that thou wouldst save many souls. Touch us then, we ask thee this morning, and direct our thoughts. Help us, Lord, to uh, follow the track. Help us, Lord, to comprehend the might and power of our God. Lord, we pray that in all things thou have the glory and the preeminence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to think about the verses which we read earlier in the service, uh, but not just at this uh, particular moment, and that is concerning the man of the Gadarenes, the demoniac of Gadara. Uh, but uh, some years ago, I uh, was preaching through the book of Mark and uh, came to these, uh, this parable and these words which follow straight on after the parable. There is a, something of a gap in, uh, in Luke's gospel. There is something else inserted there uh, of the, uh, the lighted candle being put upon the candlestick and so on. And also his mother and his brethren coming uh, to see him there. <clears throat> uh, in Mark's gospel, it goes straight through. But it occurred to me on, on that, that occasion, uh, and I want to take it this way again this time, uh, that there is something of a connection between the parable of the sower and these three miracles which follow. In fact, the four things, all four things, but the the fourth is a reverse in, in a sense. Uh, but first of all, then. Uh, this man of the Gadarenes I see as being like the seed, which we read in verse 11 is the word of God, being cast upon the wayside. Uh, for Jesus says in verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And it occurred to me that this man of very like, uh, very much like that wayside. Uh, hardened, well-trodden, uh, who is someone who will not receive the word, who, will, who is someone who will gain nothing from it. And the fact that it says "and the devil uh, come, comes and takes away the word, uh, that, again, <clears throat> seems to fit in with this man who was possessed of devils. So I want to think about it uh, just shortly this morning under four heads. First of all, uh, the downtrodden and sidelined, uh, secondly divested by satan uh, thirdly discovered by the savior and fourthly delivered by sovereign grace downtrodden and sidelined does this man not uh, of the Gatherings not uh, appear to be such a one who is downtrodden and sidelined we find that he is a man who dwells amongst the tombs. he is a man who cannot be chained He is a man who cannot dwell amongst the people. He has been put out from amongst them. In fact, he chooses to be out from amongst them and does not dwell amongst the people at all. Uh, The way which is is spoken of here, the wayside that Jesus refers to in verse 12, those by the wayside, is one word in the Greek, it's the word horos. And the word horos means uh, a trodden path. <clears throat> someone uh, a, a road uh, in other words a, p- a path which is well trodden by many people it occurs in the scripture uh, as that word in actual facts in actual fact the second book of the bible is called Exodus, and that word odos of uh, exodus is this word the way or the well trodden way and ex or ek means out of so it's the way out the word exodus means the way out so here we have this uh, man who is like a well-trodden path. We don't know why he dwells amongst the tombs. The, the word devils here is a word which is used of, uh, of the false gods, of the Greeks and of the nations round about. And uh, it is used of them, although it's not used in this way in the scripture. It is used of them, even of the departed spirits of the dead. Uh, but here, this man dwells amongst the tombs. He is in a place where uh, it would be considered, I suppose, uh, a place where demons would, uh, would frequent, uh, or to use the word which I suppose fits perfectly here, would haunt uh, that he was amongst the tombs. But when we think about this downtrodden and sidelined way, we realize that it is a place where there is a lot of passing traffic. We're in the world, of course, where there is a lot of passing traffic. There is a lot of footfall upon our thoughts and our minds and we are hearing constantly the philosophies and the ideas of men. Uh, those philosophies constantly change uh, and uh, we uh, hear them from different sides but uh, in this day and age we, we seem to be getting a, an awful lot from one direction. <clears throat> there seems to be this this kind of a Uh, Perpetual uh, teaching of certain things, of evolution, for instance, and uh, of the the, um, rights of men, and and so on. Uh, No thought of God. Uh, Atheism and and secularism is constantly in our minds. And this passing traffic, these opinions which are uh, constantly going on in our heads, are, are something which causes us to be downtrodden by the world. Here is Jesus. He has come across the sea and we saw this before uh, as he asked them, where is your faith? Uh, He comes across the sea and he comes into this land and he is met by this man who comes out of the tombs uh, and he cries out and falls down before him uh, with a loud voice says, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not in verse twenty nine. So here he comes and, he, and he's coming before Jesus. Jesus is there. But we would think that in, in any situation that this man is a man so hardened, a man in such a condition that there is no way that he is ever going to come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The passing traffic, the ideas of the world have taken hold of him. He has somehow gotten into a situation where he is possessed of devils. Uh, the, the, the devil has taken his mind. And we could say that although we may not see in this world uh, so much of the devils taking people's minds, although who who knows? I mean, uh, we can't see devils, and we don't know whether mental illnesses are all mental illnesses. Uh, I don't have any doubt that, uh, that many, of, if not most of them are. But if there was a devil possession, how would you know? How would you know the difference? And he, here is a man then who is so taken up with, with thoughts which are which are demonic, which are are, are perverse. Uh, The opinions of the world have taken him down this track and now he is so taken up with the thoughts of devils that when Jesus speaks to him, and note uh, what he says here in verse 30, Jesus singular, what is thy name? But the man does not answer. The devils answer. The devils say, uh, Uh, answer and say legion because many devils were entered into him legion but that wasn't his name in fact we never come to find out what his name was but the name which he is given is the name of the devils so often people uh, don't really present themselves they present what is expected of them and we hear constantly people who just say whatever is expected of them. Because it's so, been so much drummed into us. Well, here is a man downtrodden, sidelined. The, uh, a man who is like the, the path around the field where the seed is sown. And sometimes we look upon the world around us and people around this church and people that we might speak to and we think to ourselves, well, uh, what is what is the... the 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 chance if i might use that word that anybody's going to listen to what i have to say concerning the gospel and about jesus christ the opinions of men the opinions of the world seem to be pretty much universal in everybody Uh, and people don't speak uh, particularly of what they think because they've never actually thought about it and if when you con uh, when you draw them into a conversation they just repeat what they've heard other people say and they've never actually been challenged on any of it it's just something which has become their thoughts just like the devils who answer for this man these passive teachings then of the world are upon uh, the mind of so many that they should not believe on the lord jesus christ downtrodden sidelined hardened and even if the word comes into their minds it is soon taken away downtrodden and sidelined and divested of the truth by Satan. The, the word here which is spoken of the, of the, the, the devils uh, is a word which means uh, uh, the, the slanderer, the calumniator. There's an interesting word, you have to use that one uh, quite often. Of course, uh, calumny, uh, the word just means someone who uh, spreads error. And that is the devil. Diabolos. Uh, Diabolos actually means to cast aspersions. And that is what the devil does, of course. And when we talk to people uh, about the gospel, well, there are these three things which we certainly uh, come across in people's minds. First of all, they're doubts. They're doubts. Uh, they have been so sown in people's minds uh, like the devils in this man's mind that there are doubts there are doubts that there is a god there are doubts that jesus existed there are doubts that he is able to save there is there are doubts uh, about the uh, walking in christianity there are doubts about everything which fill people's minds concerning the spiritual things some uh, doubt that they have a soul they doubt that they have a spirit they doubt that there's a a heaven or a hell uh, to to be uh, sought or to be shunned, and these doubts fill people's minds. And the devil is the slanderer; he is the one who casts doubts. That's what he does: casts doubts, brings doubts. And then, of course, there are the difficulties. Here is a man who uh, could not be bound with chains or fetters. He broke the bands. Was driven of the devil into the wilderness. He, he was separated. And again, we think of those who, who just have so many difficulties in their life. They don't think that, that going to call upon the name of the Lord or going to a church or hearing the gospel or even giving you the time of day is worth doing. They've just got so much on in their lives and there's so many difficulties around them. And of course, distrust. There is a distrust of God. There is a distrust of everybody in this day and age. And it's not surprising, really. There are many things which are taught and said to us which turn out not to be true. And where do we trust? Where do we put our trust in this world? Who who is telling the truth? There's uh, quite a big discussion, isn't there, about uh, false information on social media these days. And we're, we're left in a situation where, well, which side is the false information on? And even if it is generally true, is it all true? And what information can we actually accept as being truth, and how do we prove that it is the truth? There are many who have settled upon a belief that something they have been told is true, but they've never actually proved it for themselves. They're resting on the words of someone else who they consider to be an expert. But what is an expert? Really, when we consider experts uh, are so refined in what they know, they don't know very much else. The more you study a subject, you come into a, a fine point in the end and you know everything about this tiny little section of your subject. But the broader subject, it becomes more and more fluffy as it goes out towards the sides. And, well, you've never actually studied those bits because we don't have time to study everything. We might know exactly what we know, but we don't know everything. Come to the scriptures themselves. Someone might come to me and, and ask me uh, uh, about some particular portion of scripture, which I've read, but I've never actually studied that particular portion of scripture. And so they come up with a, with a, a question, which I might have a general answer for from other parts of the scripture. But the actual significance of that particular verse or that particular uh, circumstance never actually studied that bit studied lots of other bits Uh, there there is uh, much of the scripture which i can give answers on but there's just simply not time enough to know everything about everything and even if I did, now all of the scriptures could answer any question on any part of it. Uh, if I was on Mastermind and my subject was the Bible and somebody uh, or, or the contents of the Bible and somebody was asking me questions on it. And I could answer all of those questions as soon as they said to me, uh, do you know who was the first person to trans- translate the scriptures into uh, Swahili? Uh, no idea. No idea at all. I could know that. The information's there somewhere. But what, what, what can we know? And so there is a distrust. And there is a distrust in the world. And we might say of this man, he is the man who is the wayside. Here is a man who the passing traffic and the, uh, and the demons uh, are upon him. Uh, the demons of doubt, the demons of difficulties, the demons of distrust. All of those things are upon him. And the Lord Jesus says concerning the seed which is sown in such a place... That straightway, then cometh the devil, Diabolos, the slanderer, taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. He casts the doubts, he casts the difficulties, he casts the distrust. But this is not a sermon which is supposed to cause us to to say, well, what's the point then, might as well give up. But it is to show that even though Jesus speaks of these things and this man reflects so much the, the ways of the wayside, yet the Lord heals him. And I think there's a significance in this because not only is it the man of the gatherings, but then we have Jairus. And Jairus is a man who uh, we might say received the word with joy. And then temptation comes in verse 13. Uh, Which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. These have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. Jairus comes, and Jairus has received the word that Jesus is able to heal heal his daughter, and so he comes to Jesus. But straight away there's a there's a trial, there's a temptation, because as Jesus is going to go with him to heal his daughter, there comes this woman and interrupts, and she takes his attention, and he might often, he, he might easily then have stood at the side and said, well. This is not going to work because she's, she's to about the point to die. And Jesus is now taken up with this woman instead. Here's the, the temptation. Here is the trial. And then he yet spake, it says, There cometh one from the ruler of the uh, of the synagogue's house saying, Thy daughter is dead. Pointless. And yet Jesus goes to the house and heals that dead daughter and brings her back to life. And the woman... The woman who is so much like the, uh, the, the, the one who where, where there are the thorns uh, gathered around, uh, choked with cares, riches, uh, perhaps not the pleasures of this life, but she spent all of her living, it says, looking for cures. And so she was trusting in her riches and she had many cares and those things can choke the word and yet she also is healed. And interestingly enough, uh, following after that, the, the Lord Jesus in Mark's gospel uh, goes and preaches to those who should have received the word like the good ground and they rejected him. So here are these these situations and this kind of reception of the word like the, the, the wayside and the thorns and, and so on. But. God is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto him through Jesus Christ. There is none too hard. Even the wayside is not too hard when Jesus works. We are not to be discouraged at those who are hardened because Jesus is able to heal them. Here we find that this man then is discovered by the Savior. We see the Savior's probing question here first of all. That question, what is thy name? names are important of course in the scripture but we never find this man's name we only find the name of the demons of which he was possessed the answer our name is legion but jesus has come to the very point and the demons are speaking for him and that as we have said is the problem of this world that others speak for us if we are not thinking clearly ourselves then we just repeat what we have heard elsewhere. And if we are lazy in our thinking, and our consideration of the world, then we just repeat what people have told us. And what we're being told is from the church of the world. And I was thinking about this uh, uh, earlier and how that the church of the world has so much of our attention. You know, the amount of time we spend in church, in, in the house of God, An hour on a Sunday morning, an hour on a Sunday evening, perhaps in a prayer meeting for an hour or so in midweek. How much time we spend with the word of God, open up the scriptures, perhaps our daily devotions. If we meet with the Lord in the morning and in the evening, another hour or so. But what is that in comparison with the time that is spent listening to the radio, watching television, reading newspapers, talking to friends, talking to colleagues uh, at, at the time that is in the world. We are, we are surrounded by the thoughts of the world. And it's no wonder then that people are so taken up with these things. And the Lord finds that the name is Legion because the devils were many. Many other things which keep people back from Christ. But the devils cannot stay when they meet him. The Saviour's power is such that the devils themselves are fearful. And they come and they say, what have I to do with thee? Notice that the devils are referring to Jesus, what have I to do with thee? They have so taken the thoughts of this man that that he and the devils are the same. They are the same. What have I to do with thee? Even though uh, we read, I think there in Mark's gospel, for we are many. So there they, they use the, the, uh, the plural, we are many. Here it says, what have I to do with thee? There is, there is no separation between the two. They have become one, as it were. But the Christ is able to deliver this man from the effects of these demons and cast them out. He is discovered. They are discovered. They are uncovered by the Savior. Here is the problem. The demons which are upon him. And then we find that this man is delivered. Delivered by the sovereign grace of God. We find him then and we must note his peace first of all. Uh, They come uh, to see what was done in verse 35. And came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed. And in his right mind, clothed and in his right mind, he is at peace. He is in his right mind. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a significant thing. There are so few, it seems, who are in their right mind, who are thinking clearly. Uh, and so taken in by uh, all the suggestions of the wicked one. And the suggestions which come through the world, again, from the wicked one. So much is upon their thoughts that there is no actual consideration of the truth. But the Lord is able to deliver. And as we go and preach the gospel, it is the gospel that saves souls. It, 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 to us, it's, it seems foolishness. But the preaching of the gospel we read in 1 Corinthians is the power of God. God is able to save by preaching. Why? because he is there and when he is there that changes everything when he is there he is able to save to the uttermost and this man now is at peace he is at peace with his countrymen against once he fought you know, it says there again in verse 29 for oftentimes it had uh, no uh, but no sorry he was bound with chains and in fetters and he breaks the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. He was bound. They, they had caught him. And they had bound him with chains and with fetters. But now he is at peace. There is no one to fight with. And you notice position. He's at Jesus' feet. They found him clothed and in his right mind. It says in verse 35. They went out to see what was done. came to see Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed. Sitting at the feet of of jesus clothed and in his right mind so his position now is at the feet of jesus now he is learning he is like mary who sat at jesus feet and heard the words that he spoke he is completely transformed because he has met with the savior that is what we desire that when we go and preach the gospel that men and women might meet with the savior It's not just hearing the word, it's meeting with the saviour. That means we need to go forth with the saviour. It means that we need to pray, that we need the the, the Lord to be with us and upon us, making testimony that we have been with Jesus. And then we find this man's purpose. He had no purpose before. He he, he, he was amongst the tombs. He, He wandered amongst the tombs. He ran from the midst of the people and was amongst the tombs he abode amongst the tombs neither abode he in any house we wear no clothes he has no purpose in his life but now he has a purpose his own purpose of course is to go with the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, he desires to go with him Uh, but uh, he is told by the Lord Jesus to depart and to return to his own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee we still don't know this man's name but we don't need to because his testimony now is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus is, to all intents and purpose, his name. His name before was given as legion because many devils were entered into him. But now Jesus Christ has entered into him. Now he is at peace. Now he has a purpose. Now he is preaching the word and he is able to preach that word with power because of all that the Lord had done unto him. And it says, and he went his way and published throughout the whole city how Jesus had done unto him. The question then which comes to us this day is what is our name? What is our name? Who are you? What is your name? Is your name Christian? Is your name the child of God is your name? The child of of jesus christ and that jesus christ is he who possesses us that we might serve him or well, the lord who a mighty work around us as he did there in gadara and jesus went particularly across the sea didn't he and the, the the disciples well he asked them where is your faith where is your faith and we saw this last lord's day and again we ask ourselves that same question when it comes to the wayside when it comes to the thorns when it comes to the stony ground where is your faith are we defeated before we start because we think well there's not much going to happen around here or can we come before the lord and cry out to him and believe and go forth to proclaim jesus christ who is able to save to the uttermost let's bow in prayer now father we have great need of thee that thou would take control and that thou be the mighty power of God in our midst. The disciples were afraid when they were on the midst of the lake. The winds and the waves about them. The water coming into the ship. They were about to sink. They cry out, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Lord, they come into the land of the Gadarenes. And here is a man possessed of a devil. Could not be bound. Cannot, could not be tamed. A man who uh, was amongst the tombs fearful naked Lord who had no restraints and yet Father such was the power of Jesus Christ that even this man could be saved there is none too hard for thee thou art able to save here in this area in this locality Lord we pray that thou wouldst help us to go forth bearing that precious seed and even though it should fall in the wayside that we might pray for it that thou would bring forth fruit even there, because thou art not restricted by the hearts of men. Thou art almighty to save. So bless us then, we ask thee, and encourage us and inspire us to go forth to proclaim Jesus Christ amongst all men, that thou would save whom thou wilt for thine own glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.